0: Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 110 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the twisted genius, Dean Ayers, and I am joined as ever by Zone's own, Liam Happ. Good evening, Liam. How are you doing? How's the house? How's the gaff?
1: Well, first off, Dean, am I really DeZone's own? Do they own you? Am yeah, I they do. some sort of really. Oh. Crap, I better read my contract. Um, Secondly, I'm doing well in the house, and I'll say this much. The reason I'm doing so well is I'm actually recording from a brand new kitchen.
0: Oh, I record from my kitchen as well. It's clearly the place to be.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. I'm on this lovely little new breakfast bar. I've always wanted the breakfast bar, and I can sit and record, and it's fantastic.
0: Liam, do you know which part of my kitchen, legit, do you know which part of my kitchen I am recording this from?
1: Um, on top of the washing machine?
0: <laughs> no, that's the um, that's that's another podcast that I record from there. Uh, no, I I'm genuinely recording this as always from the breakfast bar in my kitchen.
1: Holy it, crap on a cracker!
0: It's like. Stereo
1: breakfast bars, dueling breakfast bars, dueling breakfast bars. Yeah, welcome to the podcast from the dueling breakfast bars of London and the south coast. I can't remember where the fuck he lives.
0: (laughs) So, would that mean competition is implied? Yeah, I mean, we're dueling breakfast bars.
1: We are now at war, you understand this thing, right?
0: So, we'd have to have like a, a three or four course breakfast where you know each of us has to eat each course quicker than the other one.
1: While chatting shit about professional wrestling. Yep. And being full fo- you you're forced to eat until you're nauseous and you're also forced to watch disco inferno matches non stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you'd start off with you'd start off with uh with, with cereal, work your way up to steak and eggs.
1: And with a disco inferno matches you can start with uh, work your way up to oh wait, they're all the fucking same, aren't they? <laughs> We're off to a uh, good start, aren't we? Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> we about are te-
1: indeed. Ten f bombs and random rattling on about Julian breakfast bars. I've missed this, Dean. I have missed this so much.
0: <laughs> well, uh, it's been a, it's been a couple of months since the last Nitro. Obviously, the the last um, the last actual uh, podcast we did was um, special uh, tribute to Scott Hall, um, who features prominently on on this episode of Nitro. Um, Which we are watching today. And in in fact, we are watching today the 50th episode of Monday Nitro, which uh, originally aired August the 26th, 1996.
1: Wow. So 110 episodes, 50 of which watch-alongs with... We've had a good old go. I know it's slowed, yeah. It's slowed down a little bit lately. We'll try and pick it up a little bit. Yeah. It uh, might not be the golden age of podcasting anymore, but we'll try and, I think, uh, looking at my schedule, I'll be in New York at the end of this month for Taylor Serrano, live on Zone. by the way. Make sure you watch it, all 12 of you listening to this podcast. And um, after that, we'll try and squeeze in a couple of good episodes in May at the very least, I hope. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Um, now, yeah, you said it's, you know, it's, this is episode 50. Now, um, as you know, I do uh, every, every now and again, um, I am one of the hosts of uh, the Hooked on Wrestling Sunday Night Quiz, uh, which you can get over on Facebook at Hooked on Wrestling Events. Um, and there's a, not, I can't k- take credit for this. This was uh, courtesy of uh, Rob McNichol, my co host. Um, he, he had a theme all about 100s. And he had a cracker of a question. And I genuinely haven't told you this in advance. I want to see if you can figure this out. I I had a a wrong guess. But um, by sheer coincidence, the wrestler who won the opening match of the 100th episode of Monday Night Raw also won the last match of the 100th episode Of WCW Monday Nitro. Can you work out who that wrestler was?
1: So, he won the opener of the 100th Raw. Yes. And he won the main event of the 100th Nitro. Yes. So, you Um, you have to have a think about what years those would be. Nitro one hundred. I mean, we're at fifty. We're talking the summer in ninety-seven. Mhm. Oh no, no, no one hundred fifty. Yeah. Um, Lex Luger. You are absolutely correct. Because yes. that was the title win, wasn't it? That yes,
0: Luger won the um world heavyweight title, WW world heavyweight title from Hogan.
1: Yeah. Um. Do you know what that? Psst, I mean that admittedly significant moment in Nitro history is the only reason I've answered that because I was sitting there trying to figure out when Raw 1 Raw 100 would have been. Well, started in January 94, so December '94.
0: Um, no, it was um, it was actually '95 because I it was it began oh, in wow. January. Yeah, began in January '93, and I, I was thinking because one actually one of the other questions was. Um, what year was the 100th Raw? Started in 93. So yeah, 52 weeks in the year. But you've got to think... They wouldn't have necessarily had, I don't know about a Christmas episode, but there's certainly, there'd be a week where it was preempted, it's pre-empted by the US, yeah. okay. US Open, and there'd always be a week where it was famously preempted by the legendary Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> so that would make it 50. So I figured out it'd be 50 episodes a year. So yeah, it was the beginning of 95. And then as you say, um, 100th Nitro was was 1997.
1: Yeah, knowing that the hundredth Nitro was that one, and the fact I, I did actually have to do the, the timeline recollect when, when I when I landed on August 97, just estimating when hundred would have been, the first thing you think of is that infamous you know six day rain, isn't it? And it was Ooh. the hundredth Nitro, and it was also, if I remember correctly, there was a there was a very memorable squash match featuring the Giant where he stacked up. Either two or three opponents, one of them being notable uh, future TNA Team Canada coach and current executive at Impact Wrestling Scott DiAmore. Ah, oh, okay. Because he told some really good, cool stories, or we got a chance to interview him at Wrestling MediaCon in 2018, and he told some great stories about that night. I think it was, in, was it was in where was that? Was it was it Detroit? Nevada or something. He was saying he he just rattled off all this trivia about like the logistics of of that little swing of events because I presumably yeah. the the enhancement talent Act, like got tagged along and and used on on a few tapings. Because by the sounds of things he had like a a few nights work and he's just talked yeah. about how he's gone from stop to stop and it was just one of the things I said to him. I always remember he's he's done this thing where. Um the giant has choke slammed all two or three of these guys in in, in one after the other. Yeah. And and is laying there selling the chokeslam he's received. He's like almost out of cold. And then his teammate has been choke slammed next to him and De Amore has sold that and the effect it had on the canvas. He's like convulsing from just yeah. from the sheer impact of someone being chokeslammed next to him. He's a massive fan of that. Nice. So,
0: yeah, I mean, there are, I I did see um, a clip on uh, Twitter of um uh, a WCW squash match from the I think it'd be early early nineties, probably ninety two kind of time, mm. um with the Steiners against these two jobbers and. The, um, the, the first guy gets legit knocked out by a Steiner line that catches him right on the jaw.
1: I'm going to need some other details to try and track this, down because so, yeah. so far that's not a lot to go on for a Steiner.
0: <laughs> but the guy is legit out, and basically like Rick Steiner goes for a pinfall, realises he's not going to kick out, pulls him up, and then literally drags him over to the corner and holds his hand out to, um, to, to tag the
1: guy. Yeah, it's a shame they're not a hill because that would be really easy to do. Like look at these arseholes, they've they've destroyed one but they're not gonna they're not gonna take the win until they've destroyed both. But Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> That's the, because you know what was also doing the rounds again recently on social media, was that infamous uh clip of was it Loki's Evolved debut where he's knocked the guy out with one kick but then oh, okay. insisting, he insisted on still getting his shit in, as they like to say. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, I can't find it. It's somewhere. I think it's on my liked tweets or something. I've found, but I'll, I'll find it. If I do find it, we will, um we will put it on the, uh on our Twitter feed at because WCW. Um, where if you don't already you can give us a follow um we do get uh, also we yeah we get tagged in uh, a fair few bits of of uh cool retro wcw stuff from you know, some of the other wcw l- what would you call this? WCW files out there or something? Um, yeah, some
1: great accounts for for trivia yeah. and things like that. We really appreciate. Obviously, we can't reply to everything, but we appreciate being involved in the conversation. We'll try and do a few retweets when we're not running our asses off with our with our day jobs and that. <laughs> Real life, yeah. Which is one of the main reasons we're we're struggling with with a more frequent output now. But I like but, to now now the kitchen's done and now you've. Uh, Now you've recovered from your eighth bout of COVID. I'd I'd like to think we'll try for the fortnightlies again. We'll see if we can get back to a fortnightly vibe. Indeed.
0: Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one. And you're listening to Because WCW. Now choke on that. Yes. So as we said, this is uh, episode number 50 of uh, Nitro, originally broadcast on August the 26th, 1996, um, from the wonderfully named, if I can get them the venue, the wonderfully named Manatee Civic Centre. Oh, I like yeah. that. But the uh, thing to note here, and I think definitely a thing to bear in, in the back of your mind when you're watching this tonight, is... Um, we were just talking about Raws being preempted. Well, this was one of them. There was no Raw on the other side.
1: U.S. Open. We discussed this on a, a, there you the go. very last time we managed to do this.
0: Yeah. So, um, so basically, Raw is going. Sorry, Nitro is going unopposed because there's no Raw. So, they are going. You would imagine they are going to get out the best China, as it were. <laughs> But we shall uh, we shall see. Okay, so as I said, August twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six. I am on 000, 000000. Are you in the same place? Maybe. Then we shall begin in three, two, one. Play. And cue the burning buildings.
1: Yeah, I feel sorry for these buildings. They never seem to escape that fate. No. Imagine the insurance premiums. Oh, astronomical. In fact, um, I, I feel like after 50 episodes, I, I, I will not be surprised if I run back through these and find I've already run that insurance joke. But, sorry, I'll do it again <laughs> in 30 weeks from there.
0: And uh, Hogan is still in the red and yellow.
1: <laughs> oh, got a bell ringing.
0: Yeah. So It's
1: almost, it's almost like Rampage, isn't it?
0: A match. Mm. So we basically had a bell ring. We've had Pyro go off. And we have two wrestlers in the ring that we haven't really been able to have a good look at yet. I think one of them's is Huffington Guerrero. Oh, now the bell goes
1: again. Yeah, they haven't got the hang of this whole thing, have they? But I'll say one thing. it It does look like we are starting to ease into the era of having regular junior action on the show.
0: Yeah. Oh, here you go. Billy Kidman. So, it's a masked Juventud Guerrero who Larry Zbysko says he's never seen before. So, I don't know if this is his uh, well, it's his Nitro debut, whether it's his WWE debut, I'm not sure.
1: Well, these two, they, I mean, you fast forward two years from this point, they would both look very different. And they would contest mm. some absolute stunners over the title. Hooventud was one of those wrestlers who helped mint Kidman's first Cruiserweight title reign. They had some great matches.
0: And uh, Kidman's just gone through a cross-body block that's basically catapulted both himself and Hooventud Guerrero out of the ring. And, you know, it's one of those things that makes you realize how much wrestling evolves, because that was a sometimes-used kind of double-finish in a Britain, in old British wrestling, in the world of sport era, if they you know, wanted to have a match end accidentally without a without a winner. That's how they do it. But now it's it's like the opening move in a in a match. We've now had like a sunset flip powerbomb to the outside. So to 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 uh, paraphrase what you were saying earlier, they are getting all their shit in.
1: Yeah, I think we've ju- we've just entered the second minute of the match, and now he's yeah. gonna. Oh wow, that's like, like a. A Pescado Plunger into a leg drop. That's a hip destroyer. Yeah, I was about to say, ouch. Do you remember when jo- Johnny Stamboli, Johnny the Bull, tried to do something like that and, and completely shattered his hip? Oh, this, was, no. this was during the, uh, it the it hardcore was. championship eras of the infamous WCW 2000. The
0: Springboard Corkscrew Splash. And um, that got a that got a pop from the crowd. He's I, definitely captured their attention, hasn't
1: yeah, he? Yeah, I love Zabisco calling it a two and a half gainer. He sounds like he's auditioning for the Winter Olympics. <laughs> oh, they're going tip for tat on the power bomb counters. Mm.
0: Kidman goes for a, uh yeah, goes for. A, Cover off of yeah, just interrupting, intercepting that springboard hurricane runner into a powerbomb. Now a body slam, and Kidman is vaulting over the top into a leg drop. And yeah, that that move just looks a bit tame compared to everything else, which kind of says about how much they're doing.
1: Yeah, a lot of big moves. There's there's no real selling per se. And, you know, there, there'll be times where you have the odd match like this, but it's it's amazing when you consider some of the matches of modern days that are accused of being exactly like this. But you can see the, the, the levels at play with regards to what's going on and the narrative of a match. And, you know, I've, I think selling could be better across the board, but the, yeah. this, this sort of matches is, is is not what I'd consider commonplace modern day. Shooting Star Press.
0: Oh, beautiful Shooting Star Press from Kidman. And Hoovy kicks out, which is surprising. Because I'd have thought a big move like that, they would want Matt to uh, be the the finish of
1: the match. Do you remember when WWE attempted to run Storyline where the Shooting Star Press was a crippler? Because it did... It did... did, uh, Was it Chavo Guerrero got injured from a Shooting Star? Okay. So he tried to do a thing where he turned heel and actually crippled people with it. Oh, and there's the match.
0: And Hoovy's won, yeah. Hoovy hits a uh, Hoovy countered and got a top rope hurricane rana, and that was I'm going to look up how long that was. It couldn't have been more than five
1: minutes, I'm sure. Oh, it was. absolutely wasn't. I'd say I'd say more three three and a half late three.
0: Three forty, yeah, you yeah. yeah.
1: bang on. And Kid Kid was straight back on his his feet. It's. I mean, um, I, I, yes. I, so what you could really do with, if, if they're going to insist on running this style of match, and we've discussed this before, then do, you know, do you know what can really help um, is, is having an announced team that will cover for certain things and explain them and contextualise them. Uh, you've seen, like, recently, you come to like, Excalibur and Pat McAfee have done a great job of, of pulling things into context where otherwise yeah, they'd I mean, confuse. Um, yeah, Mike
0: today was always excellent in
1: that role. Well, if there's, if there's one thing you can maybe do to try and cover for the complete lack of selling here, if you think of like, the lightest weights in boxing, they will just throw so many punches at each other, and a lot of them land, and obviously they don't have the knockout power of a heavyweight. And that's a comparison you should probably make, that these, these two guys can do all these sort of things, but being powerbombed by Hoovy is about a tenth of the impact of being powerbombed by Kevin Nash. And they just go at that break. You could really do with them putting that across sometimes. I don't know what this promo is.
0: So we've now got, we've got Hoovy, who doesn't speak very good English at this stage of things, trying to do a promo, but then going into Spanish. And as soon as he starts talking Spanish, the fans will start booing him. (laughs) Oh, he's saying, in Mexico, everyone knows about the New World Order. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is...
0: Mean Gene there, just to uh, try and direct traffic.
1: Yeah, that was... Because I'll, I'll give you a good comparison. He's like, um, have you noticed, uh, like, Andrade Oidolo's promos, where he's using the broken English... Uh, recently, but I actually, I actually think he's been using it really well and keeping things basic and tying it into his, to his arrogance and a little bit of menace as well. But that was just all over the shop. There's a way to well, do it. Well, Mean
0: Gene clearly had uh, someone in his ear saying, "Yank the him." Up yeah. yeah.
1: There was no, and, uh, there, we've there got was a no new direction.
0: Place here promo, Liam. Yeah. We got a new glacier promo. Well, he was basically saying that he was the best wrestler in Mexico, and then saying that everyone in Mexico is scared of the new world order, and it didn't really go anywhere. But yeah, hey, he, he gave was it a try. Floundered. Maybe they shouldn't have done that on a live broadcast. Who thought it, that? It, it, was it's a, a, a shame because
1: it feeds into this stereotype, this stigma that if if you can't speak clear English, you can't cut a good promo, and I think that's utter bollocks. I think Hoover to Guerrero just can't cut a good promo.
0: Well, he's he's a he's a lot better these days, obviously, but I think um you know that sort of thing, you surely you'd want to put it on a, a pre tape and then if you know if something goes wrong, you just redo it. Yeah. So I do feel quite sorry for, for Hoover there. There was
1: that, there was no reason for a mean G. I I know he likes to hustle the boy, but um there was no reason for something there, was there?
0: Yeah. Oh, now we're talking about the upcoming War Games, which will be, what, in a month? is about a month away.
1: Yeah, it's quite cool to hear Zabisco kind of, um, yeah, rallying for those, don't you, saying that New World Order won't be ready for War Games. Obviously, Zabisco's been in a War Games or two. Mm. I believe yeah. two,
0: 91 and 92, I want to say. 91 and 92, yeah. So, um, this is, uh, we're going back to last week where, where Sting and Luger, asked to uh, take up two of the slots in the War Games uh, uh, with Flair and
1: Anderson. Two ex-horsemen. Yeah. I remember covering this with you the first time. It was interesting, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was... um, You know, that is that... That old thing is. I've used this line in the promo before. It's an Arabic saying that translates as "My enemy's enemy is my friend," and that's the thinking here.
1: Yeah. It's it's interesting that like Ben Warren McMichael, who stepped aside to allow them in, yeah. Um, basically said, "Well, if if Flair and Arn are okay with it, because they are the head honchos." which I kind of like, because you know that Flair's the crown jewel and he's the one they got as champion. But it's basically an admission that Arne is... Very, when, it, when it comes to uh, to voting power, Arne is very much Flair's equal. Yeah, Arne's senior partner, isn't he? Especially when you could, It's a year removed from that famous Anderson Flair feud, which I loved, and that match at 4Ball95, which Ooh. I loved, where Arne basically proved that um, he's not to be undermined by Flair. And the, the instant response of that was Flair alleying with him and Pillman and reforming the horseman, almost with that Ooh. level pegging that we saw there. So I like that. I yeah. like the progression there. I appreciate that. Oh, what have we got in the so second So what we hour? got? We've got
0: Shivani running. Oh, so we've got M- Michael and and Benoit, so the two people ousted from the War Games against Luger and Sting, the people who've taken the slot from them.
1: Uh, See, that part, I don't understand so much, because if they're going to run that match, you might as well have them say no, I don't want to give up my spots. I don't think that's a good idea. They need to prove it by beating us. So it could have been a little bit better there now I think about it. Mm.
0: So we have got With the American Males music, but we've got Marcus Bagwell and Jim Powers, the world's oldest youngster, and they are managed by Teddy Long. Is this a new tag team? Yeah. And what's happened to
1: Scotty Riggs? They've got a new manager and hideous new ring gear as well.
0: Well, Teddy Long managed um, Bagwell and Scorpio, didn't he, to the world titles a few years prior to this?
1: But ah. it does make me
0: wonder where Scotty Riggs has gone. Has he? Uh, has he got injured? Has he been fired?
1: Uh, yeah. Try trying, trying to recollect now.
0: I'll uh, I'll have a quick uh, a quick look.
1: It feels a little hard to keep up sometimes, doesn't it?
0: Here comes the Dungeon of Doom. They've really, uh, really had their legs cut off from them ever since the New World Order came in.
1: Yeah, they've. I mean, we we, we remember that very early New World Order thing with uh, Big Bubba being attacked, which is a bit because he he would have been a good prime target to turn, to be fair. If you're gonna have, if you're gonna start the NWO hood He's a good he's a good candidate for a for a heavy for, for someone to take those hits so that the main free yeah. can get out of there scot-free. They'd get there with that, obviously.
0: No, there's nothing to say what happened to uh, Riggs at this point because he is back soon afterwards, so um not sure. Anyway.
1: Yeah, that that, that ring gear is high on the Randy Savage ring gear scale. <laughs> Oh, wow.
0: He's like a cross between rainbow and
1: tinfoil. Yeah, do, do you know when you'd uh, collect stickers and you get really excited when you unpack yeah, one of the, the rare shiny. shinies? Yeah. He's a walking Premier League 98 shiny.
0: Yeah, he's like a, the, the club crest, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Club crest with tons of steroids injected into him. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm wary of frying out allegations, but come on, look at Jim Powers here and tell me he's <laughs> not gassed to the gills.
0: Couldn't possibly comment. So um, the baby faces are standing in the middle of the ring as the uh, heels circle the place. We're in a, a particularly small venue for, for Nitro this week, aren't we? The, the Manatee Civic Center looks
1: very yeah, small. Remind me of the location of the Manatee again. At Palmetto, Florida because I did have you noticed there's a very strong ratio of horseman t-shirts we're definitely we might not be strict horseman country but we're horseman country adjacent you could say yeah I suppose yeah since he's in the ring Dean I suppose we 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 need to talk a little bit about uh, Buff Bagwell's apparent face turn on social media have you noticed that lately I can't say I have no. Ever ever since taking Diamond Dallas Page's help with the uh, to 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 get back on a straight and narrow as as many cases have, as yes. you know, because yeah, he's had trouble, hasn't he? He's had
0: seizures yeah. and stuff like and,
1: that. And he has just gotten like really, he, he's gotten really involved on Twitter, engaging with fans. Uh, having some and and he's been fully in defense of modern wrestling and. And uh, 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 I think he's even chimed in on the um, the like what was it um, like was it, was it trans rights or maybe just like um, gay rights? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I don't I don't want to state something and I'm I'm kind of and off the yeah, yeah. But he did get involved in that like in a very in a very positive way, to be fair, because he has that reputation, doesn't he, over the years of being a bit of a douche. <laughs> yeah. But no, he's he's been the opposite of that as of late.
0: Oh okay. Well, I've just looked up the uh, the Manatee Civic Center, which is now known as the Bradenton Area Convention Center, but it holds four thousand people. So, in the grand scheme of things, not a lot. You know, for something like this, I mean the the I think the, my local venue, the Brighton Center, holds around the same. So um so yeah, but you know, as on the on a, a narrow shot like the hard cam, it looks absolutely fine. So, Jim Powers now taking over on Ray Trailer, and Jim Powers has been on the offense an awful lot. Yeah.
1: Still wrestles like he's stuck in the 80s.
0: Yeah. And you know this means he's taken the pinfall, don't you?
1: Yeah, of course. Took me a while to realise it was someone who wasn't the other American male, to be fair. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just that rotten gear that made you realise.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, now Jimmy Hart's getting hit into the turnbuckles.
1: Oh, Jimmy loves it, doesn't he? He's he's probably the only one who can come close to Harley Race. Bob Bobby Heenan was a bit of a bump master, but he had he had to stop all that early, didn't he? Because of his he neck. He did. Yes.
0: Whereas you see Jimmy Hart's the one that, that kind him? of made. Oh. I've got a feeling oh Nick Patrick looks a bit like aghast. What's happening? Nope. Nick Patrick say. saying the shoulder is up.
1: I'm going straight is this to the a finish? dodgy Nick Patrick thing. It yeah. might be a Nick Patrick thing. Although if he's been if he's benefiting the Dime a dozen heels as well as the New World Order, I don't know where that ties into the storyline that he's an no. NWO referee.
0: Unless Unless Bubba didn't kick out when you should have, then but you can't
1: think about it. Yeah, Bubba that Patrick's getting like needle. That. So it's definitely a Nick Patrick thing. He also seemed to look yeah. like crestfallen when his hand when his hand did slap mat for a third time he was like aghast at at the fact that it looked like they had won.
0: Yeah, that's an angle, isn't it? Yeah, Teddy Long, you blew that call. And, of course, Teddy Long, formerly a referee.
1: He knows a lot about blowing calls. Because <laughs> he wasn't a good referee. And his he's uh, his, his meme-making talents when it comes to his GMness. ness Here
0: we well-known. go. Let's have a look at this.
1: Oh, yeah. You, you could see trailers properly in there, Big Bubba. Yeah. She, to make Goldie sure he came did that up, afterwards. Uh, it was all, yes. all storyline, not a botch. And that, look at the relief on Nick Patrick's face. That was all... It just doesn't make sense. If you're, if you're making it an NWO thing, why does he care about helping the Dungeon of Doom? And every other Are oh, we um, back with Mean Gene. Gino is hustling...
0: You got by by the skin of your teeth.
1: <laughs> so, big Bubba's just absolutely shameless in, in taking this as a big win.
0: Yes. <laughs> big Bubba should be getting the title shots. Or oh, he's talking about Glacier. glacier.
1: It's easy to forget that Ray Trailer is a national treasure.
0: Why is he wrestling in a cut off Nitro
1: crew member t shirt? Why not? It would be my instant rebuttal. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: But it does mean that Big Bubba doesn't get his own merch. Uh,
1: <laughs> Sullivan says everyone should have listened to him about Hogan.
0: Ah, yes. Kevin Sullivan round the dinner table. Who'd like a big, la, a big old spoonful of I
1: fucking told you so. I'll tell you what. There was a little bit. of... He, uh, Kerry Sullivan just accused me and Jean of being on a boat in Sarasota with Hulk Hogan last week, and me and Jean said that wasn't me. That was Eric Bischoff. And as you are arguing about it, makes you think. Is that like a little nod to what is to come with Eric Bischoff? Ooh. But then
0: Sullivan says that he had a bald head. Oh, Sullivan saying that if the horsemen think they're the last line of defense against Hogan and the NWO, NWO they've got another thing coming. That's Kevin Sullivan, who spent the last year and a half jobbing endlessly to Hulk Hogan.
1: <laughs>
0: so now we're meant to suddenly take him as a viable guardian of WCW are we
1: yeah I just I just love that skin the teeth finish and Bubba's just going like you know that's another win for me I'm the best everyone's sleeping on me I want the world title shots <laughs> I, I believe that is epic shithousery <laughs> massive fan of it so here's Luger and Sting and they're going to talk about this really badly timed challenge even Luger says, uh, I thought we had things straightened out here.
0: Uh, they want to gut check them.
1: That's oh, what's we're not going to have random TNA jobbers show up on this, are we? <laughs> I couldn't. Have. You know I had what? to make that reference.
0: To to really impress the crowd, but not get
1: signed to a contract. Yeah. Well, if you're trying to impress Bruce Pritchard, you know you're screwed.
0: Here comes Sting. Let's see if he loses his train of thought. You know, Sting's hair is now getting really, like, really awkward stage, isn't it?
1: Imagine trying to try imagine like someone who's obviously we were, we were young. We might not have been watching it, but I think of an American who has access to live Nitro every week, a little bit older. Uh, yeah. Watching this, thinking, oh, the looks changing, but just not having a clue what is to come. Yeah. You'd still even at this stage looking at Sting, you'd never imagine what he would look like in two months.
0: No. But the hair is the hair is getting to the that that crow stage almost, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but interestingly, Sting was saying after all we've been through, especially considering the fact that Flair turned on Sting a year ago. Sting says yes. that that he says that Flair and Anson should never question their integrity. And it's it's fair to say that if Sting gets his integrity questioned during the actual match, he would be pretty ticked off, especially if it comes from the guy who is on his side right now. Yeah. There's some good stuff going on here, to be fair. Some of it is could be done a little bit better, but I can't fault some of the storyline stuff here. If it does keep paying off, and we know it does, but if it, if it does so seamlessly... There's reasons to enjoy these episodes each week. Even now. Hey look, it's the Mauler. Can we still call him that? He's he's lost that as his as no, his he's flash just graphic. Mike Enos. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's Mike Enos again. He's got no manager. He's got no nickname. Scott Hall ruined the Maulers
1: gimmick. Well, here's the thing. Uh, there's a big thing in wrestling about name changes now. A lot of them happen and not many of them are popular. Mm. And when they try to turn a full name into just a surname or into a, a nickname, that could be bad. It's not always great. But uh, let me ask you this, then. If someone goes from having just a surname or a nickname or a moniker and yeah. then goes back to their full name, that's got to be worse, because I can't think of an instance where, you, you know, I mean, you, you've got the 1%, like Steve Austin, but even then, it still comes with Stone Cold. But if someone just goes back to being plain old their full name from an actual moniker, more often than not, it's the company, like Mike Enos, is the company just saying, eh, screw you. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think with Mike Enos... The mall that was only ever meant to be like one a one night deal because you yeah, the idea was this was a big match and your your attention was in the ring and then all of a sudden Scott Hall shows up and 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 disrupts everything. You know, it's the same way as how they they disrupted their own nitro show with the with the Lord Dark of Rey Mysterio attack.
1: Yeah. Who who who's your favourite one and done in that respect? Is it is it Mike Enos not being the mauler? Is it um Brodus Clay looking to be an absolute killer then showing up and dancing?
0: Or is it
1: <laughs> oh, or is so it good. or is it that what's his face in NXT who got big hype for his debut and then promptly got destroyed by Samoa Joe? And was never seen or heard of again.
0: Never seen again, yeah. Do
1: you not remember that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I can't remember the guy's name. No, but I remember exactly either. who you mean. Um, I, I think, I still think the the Mauler was was the best of those of those three because of the the long term impact it had. Um, not for, for the Mauler, not for him, like, no. Henos, but for, for for WCW for the collateral as damage. Whole. Exactly. Well, anyway, be... is uh, Mike Enos against uh. One of your favourites, Chavo Guerrero, a very young and inexperienced Chavo Guerrero at this point.
1: Yeah, and it's shown one of those sad realities of, of wrestling perception in that even though Enos is a complete and utter jobber, and Chavo, while he's you know, he's nothing great on the, on the totem pole this one, but he's got a hell of an upside, he has been profiled quite well, I think didn't he upset DDP as part of the DDP Eddie storyline. Quite possibly, yeah, um, I think so. And because Mike Enos is bigger muscular, he's domi- not not just using his power to have the heel control, but he's dominating this match. Whereas there, there should be a lot more of this being used to, to show what Charvo can do, what a David can do versus a life. But wrestling can't help itself. <laughs> Giovanni says, look, it's Conan in the crowd and uh he's wearing sunglasses. Zabisco, those nice no, Ray Charles, isn't it? Ray Charles. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It
0: did it did genuinely look like a, a Conan cutout because he was absolutely motionless.
1: Showing every bit of personality and charisma that he does on his podcast.
0: <laughs> so we we've also got uh Mike Enos' tag partner in Rough and Ready. With a towel over his head at ringside, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember who he is.
1: It's Taz, isn't it?
0: <laughs> towel on head. It's Taz, it might as well be. But I don't know who I'm trying to remember. I remember they were the tag team of Rough
1: and Ready, and I wouldn't dare actually insult Taz because he has been an absolute treat on commentary. Do now, you- I don't know.
0: That was very strange because Enos went for a um, power bomb, but then just collapsed with Chavo on top of him, selling his leg. And now Chavo goes for a figure four, and oh. and oh, and the thumb to the eye of the ref.
1: Now we're gonna have a two on one. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, six later. There we
0: go. It was a set-up all along, Liam. He's kicking him out of the ring. Yeah, he's switching places and giving Enos the towel to put over his head.
1: That's not the issue, though, here, because Enos has a buzz cut and Slater (laughs) has a full head head of of hair.
0: How much attention is the referee paying? Well, he, he can't see very well because he got a Small in the package. Eye.
1: Well, you've got to protect Mike fucking Enos. <laughs> well, Charvo...
0: So, in true WCW fashion, Charvo pins the wrong guy and wins the match. And the precedent was set, surely, when Hogan beat Vader the year before by beating Ric Flair on pay-per-view.
1: I've got to say, that, that was, I mean, we, we have encountered great matches on Nitro. We've encountered the matches that we're like, uh, that that just dragged on too long and weren't worth it. That was a complete car wreck. <laughs> and it's not often that the matches have, have sunk that badly. It wasn't Me even dude, that was funny. Fine. He wants DDP again.
0: Ah, oh. right. So DDP beat up Eddie Guerrero after a Clash of the Champions match yeah. last week,
1: and it was last week on Nitro that watch along we did two months ago <laughs> that uh, he upset DDP.
0: Hashtag five concussions.
1: I don't have that excuse. No. <laughs> Mean Gene's trying to calm Charvo down. He might have him over his knee at this rate.
0: <laughs> well, he's already uh, he's already taking the wind out of the sails of Hoventud uh, Guerrero.
1: Mm. Charvo ah. DDP at full brawl. Nice. We
0: haven't so uh, we haven't reviewed full brawl '96 yet,
1: have we? Mm. But while there was nothing amazing about that promo, that was that was good, concise delivery. That was Ooh. a bit better. Got, got the points over. Plugged the match that will happen between him and DDP and, and where it's happening.
0: Yeah. We've now got a mean gene in what I presume is Bobby the Brain healing with his back turned, advertising a WCW Monday Nitro T-shirt.
1: <laughs> he's he's got the thing on back to front bless him I've never seen but that he one before
0: no he, but then he he then said that <laughs> that he hadn't got a t-shirt on wrong that he got his head on wrong
1: he can't have his head on wrong he's the brain
0: oh we've got Steiners v nasty boys on Saturday night and let's face it. We always know they pound the ever-loving shit out of each
1: other. Yeah, the tag scene is not a bad one in WCW at this at this point in the timeline. Oh, it's JL!
0: Yay! Go to JL. Go straight to JL. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred pounds.
1: Ha! 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 Very funny, then. Think he might get beat here. Do you reckon? Well, thankfully for him, that music is not bringing out Loch Ness, but instead that, but the 57th sure? occupier of this music, Ray Mysterio <laughs> Jr.
0: Yes, this this was uh, this was rehashed several times.
1: You can't go wrong with a bit of Ray Mysterio versus Jerry Lynn, though. No. It'd
0: be nice. He, he had. Uh, he just said to uh, the camera. Message to Dean Milenko that if he wants that cruiserweight belt, come and get it. So I'm guessing there will be a, another another Mysterio-Milenko match. Not that that's a bad thing and not that we're complaining at
1: all. It's a shame he didn't say it like Rick Steinlow. You want some? Come, get, come some. get some. Hopefully these guys get like six, seven minutes. No, it would be silly to ask for more than that, but. Give yeah. us a fun match, especially after enduring that shower of shit with. Ruffin I, uh, I have to
0: say, talking over the, the Steiners, I was disappointed at the, how tame Scott Steiner's uh, Hall of Fame speech was. <laughs> I mean, I knew <laughs> I knew it wouldn't be anything controversial, but come on, you've got you've got years, decades worth of stories, and the best thing you can come up with is the macho man trying to get cows to come to you.
1: <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I know everyone was really hoping universally for a give me a fucking mic or something like that at the very least.
0: Or even, that you know, there was a 33 and a third chance of him getting in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, got to be style of math, isn't there?
0: Yeah. Okay, so... This is a, a Cruiserweight match that's got off to a slower start because we've got more experienced Cruiserweights. Yeah, when you compare this match to Kidman and Hoovy, it's chalk and cheese at the moment. But that, that is for a reason. This is These are the voices of experience playing here. This will build up, no doubt.
1: Yeah, well, it's the champion. And even though he's a young champion, you've got to play into the fact that he, he understands the gravitas of the, of the role and the title he's defending, presumably. Oh.
0: Oh, Shivani's being informed of something in his ear. No. Ah, there you go. So Mysterio and JL is just the match in the ring so that they can go to the uh, they can go to Hulk Hogan instead. Why
1: couldn't Mike fucking Enos have been this match again? Like, they've even got a haul in double denim. Oh, this is the infamous one. This is this is where everyone has been freeze framing Hogan at N. So I think any anyone who's aware of Hogan's controversies yes. and <laughs> will be aware of what what a still of this episode has been used for many times, and now yes. we know which episode it's from.
0: So they are spray painting the truck, the WCW production truck, with the uh, letters NWO for life.
1: And unfortunately Dostoe did try and run this storyline for life <laughs> And the spray paint's so ineffective they're having to give it a second coat.
0: <laughs> yeah he didn't put the primer down, did he? Yeah.
1: Shoddy workmanship Three out of ten yeah. must do better.
0: Okay so we're we're going back to uh, in the ring. And yeah, we uh, they're saying that there's Shivani just saying on commentary there that there isn't a fourth man in the uh, NWA for War Games. It is just the three of them. Because even though, if you remember Ray Mysterio saying there was a fourth person that when he got attacked in in uh, Orlando in Disney, we have only still only seen the three of them. We have not seen anyone else join the NWA just yet.
1: Yeah, and and also we saw Ray Mysterio. Come out of a trailer fresh, dive on Kevin Nash, and then get thrown first into it. At which point he was he was out of it. So yes. they really didn't think that part through, which is a shame. I mean, obviously the the, the piece was world famous nonetheless, but there yeah. were there were a little a lot of little bits about they could have really worked on. Even though we gave it we cut it some slack for how long the angle ran and how it dried up the show it could have dried up the show a little less and still squeezed in more stuff. Mm. Uh, and, a, and a lot of things really weren't... Just a, just a little off. And they're trying to foreshadow in the fourth man, but it, it didn't work there, did it? No. And
0: uh, a flip plancher from Rey Mysterio Jr., and Milenko is out looking. Uh, Milenko is out on the aisle looking. What looking on? Scouting the match.
1: Yeah, you can't just say his name and expect no consequence.
0: And now Ray is distracted because he is looking over at uh, Milenko and not focusing on his opponent. And this is a this is a title match, I believe. So you know, if he doesn't pay attention, he could end up. Um, he could end up losing his belt.
1: Well, they're not going the three-minute sprint route either. No. JL's offering him the, uh, the amateur wrestling stance. This is different. Mm. They are shooting, brother. And the,
0: the crowd aren't quite into it yet, but as I said, I think this is going to be a slow-burner build-up.
1: Hmm. They're getting the crowd involved, and Jail's playing a little bit of a heelish role here, but interacting with the crowd, just every time it works. That's what I'd like to see more of. I don't don't mind breathless, action-packed matches, but you can easily squeeze in some crowd interaction during it.
0: Yeah, and... JL is definitely going more heelish because Rey Mysterio put the, um, went into the amateur stance to uh, you know, to reflect what JL had done. And when Mysterio went into the amateur stance, JL just put the boots to him in the double axe handle across the back of the head. Got a few boos oh. from the crowd and a big sit-down powerbomb. And Did a it- two count.
1: It'd be interesting, if we were ever to get Jerry Lynn on this podcast, this would be an interesting thing to talk about. Because he gets a rare opportunity to be the bigger guy, to do some heelish things. And I've seen him play the heel a couple of times post-WCW, and he's not terrible at it. But um, with the mask, he gets to just easily go go to these classic little tropes of rule-breaking. It must have just been a nice change of pace compared to what he was hired to do most of the time. Definitely.
0: So, he's body slammed Ray, and he's now turned him over and leaving him up into a Boston Crab. And again, the size difference there is going to, you know, he's going to mean that Ray should be selling it a lot, which he
1: is. Some good um, good submission work here. It's yeah. The the the, the crowds were kind of getting into some of the cheating and, and jail during with them. Uh, they're kind of drifting out of the more technical aspects. This is basically where wrestling crowds are at this point in time obviously. But this is—they're giving these two time, and it's been good so far.
0: Yeah, and and I'm I'm waiting. I know you know at some point it's going to burst into the aerial action that we know he is capable of. Oh. And just got the a dynamite.
1: Count. The All dynamite right. stick is on screen. We are less than a minute away. Do you think Do you think Tony Khan was watching an episode of Nitro from this era and got to the hour mark when he decided to name his show Dynamite? <laughs> because I'm not That's even mocking that. I'd really like that to be the truth. Did he,
0: did he name it after Dynamite Kid? Who knows? Hey, maybe if we could get Tony Khan on here.
1: <laughs> well, he does. He does regularly speak to Design. No. Oh. And it's
0: our number two. The pyro is going off in the middle of this match. No, no camera is focusing on the ring. Hopefully they're in a rest hold. And Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan have taken over the commentary.
1: But what I want to know is, was Eric Bischoff on the yacht in uh, Sarasota?
0: Wow. That is a question that will never be answered. Or will it?
1: So the, the pace is picking up a little bit now. Yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting booking to do, to, to have them do like the slow start of a long match, and then Ooh. they're picking up the pace purposely at this point. But obviously they don't feel any pressure from WWE because of the preempting to the point where they put Mike Enos out there.
0: Well, it's interesting. This is the match that they've got going into the second hour because, you know, the top of the hour, you'd think, is when people will be um, flicking channels and seeing what's on. And Mm. all due respect to these guys, but they are not the most recognizable stars. I mean, you know, obviously now, totally different matter with Rey Mysterio, but back in 96, Rey Mysterio was, was not the you know the global icon that he is
1: now. Oh it's just being established, you know, he's got his yeah. title reign, but there's a lot of work to do for sure.
0: Ooh and, oh, Springboard Hurricane Runner JL didn't land quite right and looked like he landed quite nasty on the back of his head, which made the move look all the more effective. Yeah,
1: I mean that's the time to finish a match.
0: He's calling out Malenko again.
1: Uh, he, he says, where, where are you? Come here. I'll challenge you for the belt right now. Why Why would anyone, babyface or not, say that? You just had a match. Come on now. Yeah. Well, woman is uh, all over uh, me, and Gene. Yep. Yeah. Sound the klaxon. Will Mongo go back to the Bears? I hope so. <laughs> uh,
0: so, we are now got a promo about Ben and Michael demanding a match with Sting and Luger. Hmm. <laughs> oh, he's doing... Genuinely, Mongo is doing so well. He, he lost he, his uh, train he of he thought and
1: him. then he just he, he just he recovered by going NWO.
0: So Mean Gene now talking to Benoit and and woman is woman is stroking his stroking. Uh, Mean Jean's chin and leaning over as she's going to kiss him. And Mean Jean is trying to tell her to stop while trying to listen to Benoit at the same time.
1: Yeah. And, and Deborah is attempting to do the uh, the personality and the posturing for both her and Elizabeth. Yes. She was always quite a natural for, for, for that side of things, to be fair. Indeed, yes.
0: I mean, see, well, I want to say, like, how about the, the, the sinister intensity of Benoit, but obviously, given what happened in real life with him later, I, I feel quite awkward saying that. But yeah. from a purely wrestling storyline perspective, there, he is, he is looking quite intimidating.
1: Yeah, it's a shame he can't speak into a microphone, though, because it's very hard to make out what the bloody hell he was saying. <laughs> yes. So there's that. So, have you seen since we're, I'm going to put this out on on the night we're recording? So I feel comfortable doing this. Have you seen the news this afternoon, Dean, about one PW returning on fight?
0: I have, yes.
1: Yeah. So how are you feeling about that?
0: I wish them the best of luck. They um they did they did approach me about it and um and I said that um it wasn't something I was interested in um. And getting involved in my uh, my life is somewhat different now. And travelling up and down the length of the country to Doncaster isn't something that um, that I'm that is is something I'm interested in right now. But yeah, wishing them the best of luck. I think you know, if any anything anything that gets people talking positively about British wrestling can only be a good thing. So yeah, best of luck to them.
1: Yeah, they weren't willing to pay you the DNAS money, were they? <laughs> It was nothing to do with that. DNAS <laughs> uh, does not get out of bed for less than for seven less. figures.
0: <laughs> no, it was um, it was yeah, it was it was something I did back at a different time of my life, and uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not much of a traveller these days. I'm you know 15 years older than I was.
1: Yeah. Why can't I just do so, more shows on the South Coast Dean? That's what I want to know.
0: I know, that's what I want to know. So we've got um we've got a recap here of the giant and Randy Savage. Savage wearing his your favourite tights.
1: Yeah. He does love that sit, doesn't he? He's the yeah. only one. So I mean, they must have known that we were gonna that, like 15, 16 years later, that we were gonna have a big gap between two episodes of Watch Along. Um and they're really recapping the last episode of Nitro on this episode. It's
0: very good of them.
1: Very kind. Well,
0: in, of them. yeah, very kind of them. I mean, in all seriousness, as we've said, this is a um, this is a, an unopposed Nitro, so they're really getting they're really getting their shit in as far as like putting the, the main
1: storylines over and. Without actually wearing out the live appearances of the main storyline participants, Ooh. Mean Gene on but the other hand is getting his
0: If Mean Gene gets paid by the uh, appearance, then he is raking it in. Today.
1: He'll he'll be on D-N-A-S money.
0: He will be on D-N-A-S money.
1: Ah. That's interesting. We've got full brawl coming up, but they have announced the world title match to come on the following pay-view, per which makes sense because they'll both be in war games. Or will they be? No, Savage won't be. The Savage is not Savage war games, you call me. No, but Savage obviously, won't be, but war games world will... World. will, will go, war games will obviously consume full brawl. But yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, the world champion will be in war games and the title isn't being defended there. So you assume, unless um. Hogan is defending it before Hannah in Havoc that um, we've got this match. Where uh, the result is no doubt going to be the same. Did like we're thinking about this point in time in the WWF, I don't think Savage ever beat Hogan. I don't know if he I'm not sure if he did in uh WCW. He might have done once, but but as good as the Hogan Savage matches were, they never grabbed me in the fact that I never thought that Hogan would lose, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Did he ever actually give him a single bloody win?
0: I'm not sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can find out. And uh, I can hear music that can only be Hacksaw or Jim
1: Duggan. Yeah, H- Hacksaw, who was, uh, oh, he just done a Goldberg entrance. Goldberg Blimey. stole his entrance from Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> he just walked through the same sort of pyro that Goldberg has. Yeah, because
0: Goldberg hasn't debuted yet, has he? Um, on
1: And now we've got him confirmed as a massive plagiarist. <laughs> so yeah, um, Savage and Duggan were sharing some ring time for a promo that was recapped. And Savage was obviously going haywire on the Dungeon of Doom, and here we've got Jim Duggan versus the Giant, which, if I remember correctly, was run on a previous nitro at some yes, point '96, and was not good. <laughs> I, if I remember well, correctly that Giant gave him far too much, if I recall, considering.
0: Yeah, it went on too long, didn't it?
1: And the usual Dougal, Duggan being a heel. And taping oh, certain, yes. all that all that BS. Taping his fist up, yeah, that's right. Can we get a chokeslam one, two, three? Oh he's going for the I thought he was gonna hit him with a two by four then.
0: So here is the young, slim, lithe giant of old. But let's face it, if there's one person who will know how to work this exact kind of match, it is Duggan. You know, he had a a feud, a long feud with Andre the
1: Giant back in the day. Jimmy Hart's tripped Duggan up immediately in this match. So we're going Duggan straight and to the shenanigans.
0: The, yeah, Jimmy Hart being chased around the ring by by Duggan, who has got the giant. Uh, got. Hart's jacket and has just thrown it in the giant's face to unsight him, and is then laying in the punches, just windmilling him with both hands.
1: With the giant doing his best Leslie Nielsen impersonation, holding the jacket on his face. Yes.
0: So it is at the moment all Duggan.
1: Al- albeit in a sticker move kind of way, to be fair.
0: Yes. And Heenan is saying he doesn't know if the giant will be able to choke slam Duggan because he's about three hundred pounds. But as we've said, hasn't he already been choke slammed by the giant yeah. on a previous nitro?
1: I mean this is this is generally why they ran um and Heenan as co colour commentators, because one one would obviously bring the, the humour and the timing and the heel tendencies and the other one would bring the actual knowledge. Yes.
0: Ah, oh, now the Giant has guillotined Duggan across the top rope. Duggan's gone down, and now the Giant is in charge.
1: Yeah. Eric Bischoff claiming that um, the fourth man is just smoke and mirrors. Ooh, what, Cody Rhodes? ha, <laughs> ha.
0: By Uh, the way, do you know how long that Rey Mysterio-JL
1: match went? uh, 11 minutes. 14 minutes. Oh, very good. Four seconds. I thought it was good. The finish was relatively abrupt for the trajectory they were going, but it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, what what did you make of uh, Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania? Excellent. I thought an excellent match. I'm not even sure if we've had a proper episode since the news broke, to be honest. It might, might have been around that last non-Scottall tribute episode that, um, that the news broke that he was leaving AEW. Mm. But to be honest, um, it kind of almost feels a natural thing that he would be going back. He, uh, out of all the, the breakaway guys who, who helped Tony Khan head up this new alternative, he was, oh, here we go. Oh, hello. I'll finish that thought shortly because Ted DiBiase has just shown up.
0: The crowd are going crazy. So obviously they can't call him the million dollar man, but they can call him Ted DiBiase because that's his real name.
1: Yeah, and they can insinuate that he he, he has plenty of funds <laughs> to be a prominent financial backer, which I like. Indeed. I like I like it when you know we're just talking about Cody Rhodes. I'm I'm happy he's still got his his persona that he built away from WWE. I'm 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 glad that the little things like Malachi Black keeping the eye aspect of his character. You I don't like it when wrestlers have to hit the reset button on all their hard work. Ooh, and, and we well, we have to hit the reset button as fans as a result. Well,
0: Duggan taped the fist up. And the Giant is no-selling the big punch. And the referee just allowing it to happen. Nick Patrick as well allowing it to happen. Jimmy Hart's now got up on the apron, grabbing the two-by-four. And there's a tug-of-war over it. And Duggan
1: has now walked straight into the choke slam. Oh, just got him. I wasn't a clean one. But the finish was good. The landing was good. Yeah. Nick, Nick Patrick puts himself in the worst position to count shoulders, Dan. So,
0: so, so, DBS, he held up one, two, three, four fingers, and then went next week and held up a fifth. So that is insinuating that I'm guessing he is the fourth member of well, the NWO, and the fifth is coming. Although Bischoff has said, is he a fifth horseman? Yeah, you know, the five horsemen of the apocalypse.
1: But be, obviously there was a big dramatic pause from four to five, so it does tie in. It could be potential speculation that he is joining them, especially as he's yeah. a non-wrestler at this point. Yes.
0: Okay, so we've got a giant promo as Mean Gene continues to earn his corn. And by the way, talking about about AEW, as we were just then, uh, in a couple of matches' time, we have the debut on Nitro of a young wrestler called Chris Jericho.
1: Whatever happens to him, eh? (laughs) See, Giant giant is claiming that um, Savage is not going to advance to Halloween Havoc he is now they've not said anything about their four ball match being like with a winner moving on but I feel like when Ted DiBiase's promise of a fifth man next week comes to fruition this is all going to look a bit silly because I've got to say I mean we're not spoiling anything here let's be honest the, the choice of a fifth man was a really really strange one and it just didn't fit and he was he was out of the group 3 months later. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's going to make next week's episode interesting whenever we get round to it in like 2024. <laughs> so, September 15th would mean we've got two more nitros. Is that right?
0: Um, uh, this is the 26th, so we'll have uh, two similar, more nitros. One, two, yeah. September the second, September the 9th, yeah.
1: And I can't believe this. The Rock and Roll Express are coming out to Jamie Noble's music. Is this Jamie Noble's well, music? Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, this music has been used by about a hundred different WCW performers. I don't know why I just tie it so hard to Jamie Noble. It was always also when you watch these longs, you hear it more commonly on that WCW magazine advert, where the, the the little boy dressed like Sting suddenly morphs into Sting himself. Oh yes, I remember that.
0: And we have Flair's music. So it's Flair. This will be Flair and Anderson, no doubt. Yep. Woman is here and she's ready to cheat. Sorry? Haven't we already had this match? Flair and Anderson. We absolutely have. They're getting a bit knackered now, aren't they? Maybe being unopposed and being the 50th episode, this is a best of.
1: Yeah, we just don't notice. Yeah. Yeah. It's the banquet table here. And Flair's making threats to Hogan. He's been a he's just been a glorious douchebag of a not just a hill but a top hill. But um yeah, a war Has game he's gonna house be thing. glorious shit Ray. Excellent. DBRC is nodding his head. Trying to play into that little tease of which four yeah. or five he is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is he the fifth member of a four person group or is he the fourth member of a current three person group? It isn't clear, deliberately not clear.
1: Heenan's doing a good job of just really playing up the graphitas of Ted DiBiotti. If he's here, big things are popping. Yeah. Mm. reminds me of um, Bobby Roode's NXT promise to have all of the uh, riffraff in the crowd replaced by CEOs and high flyers (laughs) Ted Ted DiBiossi trying to start that in 1996 (laughs) which I thought was a great I can't believe it took till 2016 for someone to to run that line in a hill promo I'm going to make sure all, all, all the all, all the top one percenters in life come to this show and you guys can't come, you filthy riffraff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we've started off with Arn Anson against Ricky Morton. And a blind tag is made. But the referee counted... Morton making the pinfall even though Gibson's the legal man. So does that so that either means he didn't see the tag.
1: It was also a really poor attempt at doing the blind tag off the ropes by the rock and rolls to be fair.
0: Yeah. And there's a an inadvertent Arn Anson look like in the crowd there that Flair just walked past. I don't know if you clock that. Mm. So now we've gone to Flair v. Gibson.
1: And you can tell by the woos in the crowd. Yeah, it may as well be horseman country. Yeah. You're definitely in the right ballpark, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Woos every blow that Flair lands.
1: He's strangely shown no signs of cheating yet. He, may, he must just be warming up. At least put a thumb in his eye for no reason, please. <laughs> I think woman must be on some sort of 12 steps program. She's not even reached out for a leg yet. And we're well into the two and a half minute mark of this match. Something's not right there. Here we go. Come on, woman. There we go. There we go. Here we good girl. There we go.
0: Everything is better again.
1: She, could, she couldn't stay on the wagon for too long. No,
0: <sighs> she couldn't help herself. I heard uh, it's a disease.
1: A good, good, good bit of random cheating for you there.
0: I mean, obviously, nothing will beat Flair covering, making the cover with his feet on the ropes against the guy he's just knocked out with brass knucks and then raking the eyes at the end for good measure.
1: Uh, we, we'll bring this up on every watch long episode. And I refuse one. to apologise for that. That was one... Uh, my only regret was not making a clear timestamp of exactly what Nitro was. <laughs> We're going to have to go back and get and get clipped. We yeah. owe it to ourselves to find the moment. We there are into will, wrestling. There will be an evening where we'll have a little preliminary conversation on WhatsApp, Dean. And we'll say, should we do a podcast tonight? Should we do a podcast? And then right at the last minute, we'll decide not to record a podcast for our fans, but to instead track down that episode. <laughs> we'll devote the evening to that instead of giving them more hashtag content.
0: I, I seem to remember it was a, a either a tag or a six-man. Shortly after, Mongo had joined the Horseman.
1: Was it that recent?
0: I might be wrong. I might be completely wrong.
1: uh, Ah, we have to find it.
0: DDT from Arm. One of the
1: best in the game. Oh, yeah. And that's the match. And I'm glad it wasn't a long match, especially when you know who's going to win. The whole sight of seeing these four go at it there was no, p- I remember this the reason we recall them doing this before was because we remember how cool it was to see this, seeing it again it's just, there's no novelty there so thankfully it didn't last very long and the rock and rolls really didn't even get any offence in I think Flair ran very successful singles feuds with either one or both of these in the 80s didn't he um,
0: yeah, him and Ricky Morton and the Great American Bash tour, you know, when they used to do the tours yeah. around the country. Um, I can't remember exactly what year it was, in the late 80s. <laughs> and uh,
1: just Gene losing his shit with woman. And, and, and Elizabeth getting involved to her credit. So there's nothing I can do to control her, Gene. She's found her coin in life. <laughs> Arn <laughs> Anderson's telling him off-rogan to women he's, he's done nothing wrong it's all woman. poor Gene
0: yeah you know if if this was modern day there would be there would be laws, <laughs> lawsuits there'd be consultations with HR going on wouldn't there hmm
1: and I Mean Gene would probably get blamed bless him <laughs> poor Mean Gene Gene he, deser- he deserves it for running that CD hotline, though.
0: <laughs> mean Gene is CD come-ons to the hotline. Yeah, we are we are entering the period now where we're going to start seeing. Um, we talk just talk about DBS there. We're going to start seeing weekly new members joining the NWO, so they're going to start. As of next week, they're going to start increasing their numbers.
1: Yeah, I believe it was Eric Bischoff joining their side in November that really opens the floodgates because he makes that open call that you're either with us or against us, we want everyone to join us. Yeah. And um, I know a lot lot of people don't agree with that, but for, for me, it was important that they did like... You know, the takeover needs to be successful and they become the thing you hate where they're just full of all these numbers so that then the popular baby faces of WCW can then reinvade back. Ideally. Yeah. You know, you got you got you got an excuse for the horseman to be evil horsemen but against all all, all of this rank and file NWO to try and get to the main three, you've got sting from the rafters, you've got DDP from the crowd. And woman, woman is all over, Gene.
0: And Flair has gone full Flair, and the crowd are loving it. The moment Flair started talking, the crowd popped. And as you said, Liam, we are in Florida, but we might as well be in you know, Greensboro, Greenbr- North Carolina or somewhere.
1: We are in the suburbs of horseman country, aren't we? <laughs> we are indeed. And deep in the heart of Florida Man territory, <laughs> Florida Man. Another guy. Go- we are we are spoiled. We get two promos of Glacier waving a stick. Excellent. This is a, this is a golden age for Glacier promos. <laughs>
0: Well, I never thought it would be, uh, we, we'd label the time as that.
1: Yeah, you did. You knew I had it in me. It was only a matter of time. Oh, is this Chris Jericho and his favourite all time entrance music? Read, least favourite.
0: Yeah, he's Jericho.
1: So, is this his first TNT appearance? Um, it's his Nitro
0: debut for sure. Yeah, I don't know there you go. if he, um...
1: Because the tie I want to make is specifically to TNT. And to think of the, uh, what followed after that. Mm. Alex Wright versus Chris Jericho has a lot of potential. I'll give yeah. that much. Could be one a they... dance contest as well.
0: <laughs> and I have got a feeling they would be familiar with each other from Germany because um Jericho did some German tournaments and Alex Wright I'm pretty sure would have been there as well.
1: This is this is the good part of having wrestlers go about and get their reps in at a bunch of places.
0: Yeah, because you know you you are debuting in a new environment. You you're you know, totally new company new environment so make something familiar with your opponent
1: hopefully this is also a benefit of um, having a bit of a multiverse open up with various companies working together we've seen progress ring of honor or work new japan we, we know that WWE won't really operate on that sort of style. Closest they got was by running like NXT, NXT UK, but they're veering away from even that now, to the extent of where it was. But we're getting a nice little multiverse that allows some serious talent rotation. Mm.
0: And we have the uh, the equivalent of a uh, an indie standoff.
1: Got to get their shit in, Dean. Yep. Well, it's also known as the uh, the babyface stalemate, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they're both nice guys. They're both fairly middling, not really significant on the totem pole. Well, not yet. No, but at
0: this stage, obviously, debut for Jericho, but he would go on to be a, a, a pretty big character in WCW. And an even bigger character elsewhere, of course.
1: Oh, Jericho with a very early ask him yeah. ask him some things are just evergreen aren't they yeah will we get the one foot cover probably not but I can wish can't I
0: I don't, I don't think we would you know, this this time but one but of the knows? things
1: that got me into being a Chris Jericho fan from the start was the arrogant cover
0: but never, uh, And it's that great thing of heels like the Ted DiBiase middle rope back elbow. It literally never, ever, ever works. The Ric Flair going up to the top never, ever, ever worked. but they would still go for it every single match
1: without fail. But with that one foot cover, that's what made it so great. He wasn't expecting to get the win. He just wanted to be a massive dickhead. Huge fan of that. Once again, epic
0: shit shithousery.
1: I was going to say something like there's not enough dickheads in wrestling, but to you go behind the curtain you realise that's not the case. Not including <laughs> you, Dean, obviously. Well, Everyone's a dickhead except quite. for you. You're great. That, that's, that's about fair
0: enough, yeah. <laughs> Chris Jericho, the young lion... Now he'd been. Am I right in thinking? I'm just getting the time right. He'd been in Smoky Mountain by this point. He'd been in in ECW by this point.
1: Yeah. He's
0: now fresh coming out of
1: ECW.
0: Yeah, because he was in War, the legendary Wrestle and Romance in Japan. First off,
1: around '95 that was. Yeah. Smoky Mountain was famous... probably before that. But then you'd yeah. imagine that they were able to. Spliced their American and Japanese bookings. Most wrestlers did. That's what led to the legendary Sabu situation in ECW, didn't it? When yes. He, when, when there was a clash and he favoured Japan, so they clearly do try and go back and forth, which makes sense. Yeah. He
0: uh, where where Sabu surprisingly chose the people who actually paid
1: him on time. But also Japan usually runs like six-week tours of events, don't they? Yeah. With a set crew. They lead to a big event, and then they start over and see who's available for the next swing. Uh, yeah. And then obviously, like wrestling indies, don't work like a in America they don't work a rigid weekly setup. They'd run a show maybe once a month, maybe once every two months. So I suppose wrestlers would would cut. You're right. They'd covet that Japanese money and the stability of a of a six week tour. And then during their breaks, I'll see what bookings I can pick up in America. Yeah, I would. Appreciate. So
0: yeah, just 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 looking at Jericho here. Ninety four was Smoky Mountain, and um, Wrestle uh, was Wrestle Association R. It was renamed, but yeah, re- and in Japan that's like
1: RB Leipzig all over again, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and a little bit of uh, CMLL as well. Then War and uh, CMLL in ninety five. Um, I think there must have an ECW in there as well somewhere. At that time, that hasn't been listed here. But So what's oh. happened here? We've got baby-faced Jericho not wanting to win.
1: Yeah. Uh, and bear in mind, this is late 96. We're already starting to see the uh, the signs of the shades is grey and the attitude and all that. Yeah, this is this is not a winning angle. This reminds me of Kurt Angle's debut, although that was deliberately done to get people to turn on him, and Jericho wouldn't turn heel for another fifteen nice. months.
0: And that is a very European finish, like as I was saying before about you know the 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 accidental finishes.
1: Yeah. Well, Mean Gene thinks it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah.
0: So, Jericho is very much the honourable babyface.
1: Oh, he's going to call someone out here. Oh, of course, we've got the pooch effect for Hulk Hogan, New World Order. Absolutely.
0: Jericho coming across as the ultra sincere babyface, which, as you say, is lending itself to a heel turn at that
1: point. I mean, Gene just casually went to Alex Wright. and said, sorry, we ain't got time for you to talk. Um, yeah. If anything, there could have been a catalyst for Alex Wright to turn heel. It's like, who who, who are you calling the match on me out of sympathy, you condescending prick? Why won't they let me talk on the mic? Why are you speaking to my off? I'd have taken a win like that. Fuck you. Smack him with a chair. Alex Wright could have been a brilliant heel from that moment.
0: So um, we've now gone straight into a new match without any intros, which is uh, the Steiner Brothers against the Blue Bloods. And the Blue Bloods, in this instance, are uh, Bobby Eaton and Dave Taylor. And
1: they're both refusing to start the match.
0: They're just arguing with one another.
1: And Rick Steiner's having none of it, as you can imagine.
0: And just smacks their heads together.
1: So that's a novel way of starting the tag team match. But yeah, th- this team ain't going to last, is it? <laughs> Clearly not. It is the, to clarify, it's the, it's the non-Blackpool Combat Club edition of the Blue Bloods.
0: Yes. There's no the Blue, regal. It's the Blue Bloods B team, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, at least one of them's British. True. 50% ratio is not terrible. Mm. So they're actually going to... Well, I thought it might be like a quick style Steiner squash based on that finish, but no, they're going to evolve into yeah. a plodding match here. Fantastic. <laughs> well, you can't squash Bobby Eaton. He's Bobby Eaton, for God's sake. You most certainly can squash Bobby Eaton. I'm pretty certain he has been. And I don't think he gave a rat's ass either. He was the utmost professional.
0: I think, I mean by that, the the other guy wouldn't want to squash Bobby because they hold him in too much respect.
1: Maybe, but that other person, whoever it may be, probably really loves money and knows that (laughs) a, a dominant squash win usually raises your stock. Still arguing. Yep.
0: I can't quite make out what they're saying, but... It's almost like Larry Zbysko. Getting...
1: Now that Larry Zabisco's not commentating, it's almost like he's morphed into this match with the amount of stalling they're doing.
0: <laughs> oh, Taylor now getting in, I think. Yeah. And Taylor's got... Taylor was meant to go up against Scott Steiner, and he's now demanding that Rick gets back in the ring. So it's Rick against Taylor. And the crowd, much like the Hall of Fame ceremony, the crowd are barking.
1: Yeah, and, and to Dave Taylor's credit, recognise that there was a good bit of interaction with the crowd in previous matches. He's really milking it. This crowd are there. They they want to they want to be involved in the show. Oh, and
0: the miscommunication and the Taylor has accidentally hit Ethan. That's not going to help things between the two of them.
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to say that the blue bloods are going to be deaded. Are they going for a Steiner oh, bulldog? Oh, doomsday! I was, was, was.
0: going to say they're doing the they're doing the Steiner's move.
1: Oh wow! That's a finish I've never seen before. Didn't work
0: like, too well. That could have been, I've seen them do that a lot better. But basically, Rick Steiner caught Bobby Eaton, kind of flipped over, landed on top of him, and pinned him.
1: So, yeah, it was like a doomsday crossbody block, and it's flipped almost like, who is it who does a four-way slam but, but follows through and lands on top? Someone does that. And it almost so resembles that. The- like it flips over like a moonsault four-way slam off of the shoulders. Yeah. This is nineteen ninety six then. Yeah, that's quite I mean, incredible to see. There's
0: that there's, there's the, the Spanish fly that the, the SAT did and Paul Burchill did, but it's a little bit like that. Similar I know what you mean. Yeah. There's someone who did yeah, someone did the moonsault. Yeah. Moonssault oh, fall think, away
1: slam. Oh
0: yeah. Here we go. I think the blue bloods
1: have split up. What gave the game away, Dean? I don't know. Just a is gut it, feel. It's just the fact that they're exchanging right hands right now in the ring. I'm getting did Dave Taylor stick around? Yeah, I think he did. And is that Rick Steiner cheering on Bobby on the mic? I think it is. Yeah, the Steiners are the Steiners were meant to do an interview afterwards with me and Jean and now they're kinda of just commentating on the brawl, which is a novel touch.
0: And uh Taylor has made his escape.
1: I feel like the Steiners are actually on opposing sides of this.
0: The Steiners have done the opposite of helping break it up. They've literally pushed Taylor back into the confrontation.
1: <laughs> so it's going to be the Steiners and Harlem Heat at full ball. Funny enough, I feel like they wrestled them at full ball 97 as well. So we say about those WWE being uh, repetitive with their matchmaking. (laughs) This is a strange promo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Scott's talking about going cock-a-doodle-doo.
1: Well, if if Macho Man is not here on the show to be on the good coke, then at least Rick and Scott can partake in the good coke. Someone's got to be out of control, haven't they? Yeah, it's in the contract. And Harley Race has to take a bump. Yes. You thought I'd forgotten about that one, haven't you? I can never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that just leaves the main event, right? Uh,
0: yes. So, Ben and Michael V. Luger and Sting.
1: It's the, the match that um, has suddenly come about uh, one week after Benoit and Michael were okay with this turn of events. Mm. Heenan's cutting a pro flair and horseman promo against the NWO. Mm-hmm.
0: But, I mean, this was. It's hard to. To emphasize enough that you know Heenan's a heel, and this was this to me, as far as I remember, was the first time that you ever had heels cutting promos against other heels because there was the heels within WCW and the heels outside of WCW, if you see what I mean. And it was like these two levels of it all, and it was to- at that time it was totally unique.
1: Yeah, and as I've said before, it's one thing I've always had a soft spot for is when a hill turns face. Preferably, they don't suddenly start being a happy, smiling baby face. I like seeing the the reason that hills are hills, but they are directing it towards other more despicable hills. Precisely.
0: Absolutely, always
1: a fan yes. of that dynamic. Never yeah, fouls in my opinion. Yeah,
0: I think I've mentioned this before. I've met, I've said this to someone previously in the on the British scene when they. They turned babyface, and they like, what do I do now? And I said, do exactly what you did before. You're just doing it to different people.
1: Yeah, maybe sh- just show a little bit of self-reflection at times in promos. I would say, a little, just just a little bit of a, a self-awareness and acknowledgement of the situation. Um, obviously you put the elaborate cheating away, but then there's a way to do that as well. Uh, you know, if you get, if you see... Well, look uh, at Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, not just that though. Like you'll have a, a recently turned face against the Hill in a feud and it's quite a gratifying situation, you know. If if the actual Hill obviously initiates the cheating and you get that about is fair play, By someone who obviously knows how to be a devious bastard. Yeah. Speaking of William Regal earlier, for instance, you'll remember when he was turning that sort of heelishness and his his whole history onto Triple H and Evolution that time. And he kind of acknowledged it and said said he was basically going to show him what a true villain is. And uh, And it popped the crowd big because of that whole element.
0: Yeah, definitely. Right. We have got off to a very fast start here in our main event. A a, a four-man brawl in the ring. We've got uh, Benoit and Sting have paired up. And uh, Luger and Michael have paired up. What are the odds that Sting went straight to Benoit and thought, fuck that, I'm not working with Mongo?
1: (laughs) But I do want to know, however, what is the deal between Sting and Lex Luger?
0: Well, they're on the same page
1: now, Liam. That, oh. ship,
0: that ship has sailed. Sorry. Fuck.
1: Sorry, I'm, I'm yeah. late, aren't I? Yeah. I've shown up to the party just as they're cleaning up.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're mopping the sick up, and you've just turned up with a bottle.
1: To to clarify, he's not my sick. <laughs> Probably Dean's. He could never Probably. hold his liquor. No. My
0: liquor? We're suddenly American, aren't we?
1: No, I'm talking... Uh, you, you were drinking pints of the sauce that comes with pie mash. Uh. <laughs> Which is why you were sick. I mean, who does Which that? Which
0: is why I was sick. Yeah, exactly. What was I thinking? <laughs> and... Mongo with a NFL-style pump to the ribs of Luger and he tags out and in comes Benoit.
1: Short clothesline. So... Yeah, I mean, we can get into this narrative a little bit. I mean, this match makes sense if Benoit and Michael were a little more resistant of the idea of being replaced on War Games. Mm. Or you maybe put it on, you know, the winner of this match will be the last two members, I don't know. But but you've still got something to work with here, even if it's done a little bit clumsily.
0: You could have done, yeah, I mean, you could have done this as this match decides who is in there. And then you've got the situation of Flair and um, and Anderson at ringside. You know, do they interfere? Do they sit back and watch what happens?
1: Yeah, that would have been good. That kind of thing. And then when when they had that thing, because I did did pay uh, a little bit of compliment to the whole, where they both said if that's what the bosses, Flair and Arm, want, that's what we'll do. They could have maybe yeah. said that. A little bit more gritted teeth. Maybe have one who's really holding out on it. And they're kind of like, you know... Because you could imagine, like, Mongo being the more... Being the talker, being the more vocal one. He'd be like, nah, this stinks. We want to go yeah. in it. We, we respect that you give the orders. But no, pick us, pick us. You know, you could do a little bit more with it, but we bit we are nitpicking to be fair this is a this is a good time for storytelling at the minute otherwise we've we've touched upon the positives as well
0: so uh, luger is on the receiving end of a lot of offense punches kicks mainly from Benoit. duck's a clothesline and a double clothesline we're going to double down both
1: guys down Can you smell a hot tag, Dane?
0: Sting reaching out for the tag. Luger on rubber legs, but he gets it. And in comes Sting, house of fire. And now Benoit in all manner of trouble.
1: Big back body drop.
0: Mongo's staying on the safety of his tag
1: rope. Yeah. And enjoy and enjoy this babyface fire from Sting Dean because we don't have too many more of these, if any, for no. a while on the watchalongs. Oh,
0: well, Mongo. Sting went for the uh, Scorpion Deathlock. Mongo tried to stop him and ended up being thrown out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luger is Luger is in trouble.
1: He's just Sting gone into went for post. a splash
0: off the top. Yeah, Luger went into the post. Sting just went for a splash off the top, and Benoit got the knees up.
1: Oh, and here comes the order. Went,
0: yeah, Benoit went for the uh, went for the headbutt and missed.
1: And yeah, as you say, here comes the order. The hope Hogan's out. He's been seen by McMichael and he's begging off, which seems like a ruse for a blindside. Yeah.
0: Interesting that we haven't got the NWO t-shirts just yet. We've just got Hogan in a black t-shirt with NWO spray painted on
1: in white letters. Which actually looks better, to be fair. Yeah. But I understand the merchandise money to be made. Exactly, yes. Yes.
0: But McMichael's been completely distracted. Oh, and then Scott Hall just appeared.
1: <coughs> Excuse me. Here's Nash as well. It's weird because Hogan backed off and lured McMichael to where he would see Hall and Nash coming, whereas before he had his back turned to where they came from. But again, I, I, you know, it gives me lots of reasons to nitpick, but I am admittedly nitpicking.
0: Yeah, and they've just spray-painted NWO onto M- Michael's back. So the whole match has just ended as nothing. A razor's edge or outsider edge on Benoit, and a jackknife powerbomb on Sting from Nash. And again, NWO being spray-painted on people's backs.
1: And they're all getting a spray-paint treatment.
0: So basically... Here comes um, yeah. So basically, we have the, the two warring sides in that match have now been unified by the NWO.
1: And I'll tell you what, they're paying off the fact that this crowd is into the Horseman by having him yeah. come and run the saviour. This is a great finish. I've got a funny feeling it's not going to be the finish, but it should be.
0: Oh, they sprayed the spray can in Flair's face.
1: They they should have had the Hills just take a powder at this point, I think. That's such a shame.
0: Yeah, we're now getting the visual of Ric Flair having a black stripe painted on his blonde hair. Ric Flair has now been made to look like a badger. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a sentence I thought I'd ever say.
1: Is he like a real badger or is he the badger <laughs> that froze mashed potato everywhere?
0: <laughs>
1: Did you ever think rubbish, I'd get a Bodrum badger reference on this show?
0: And the rubbish, the trash, as our transatlantic cousins would say, is flying in the ring. You're right. This is this is horseman territory.
1: And yeah, as we would learn, WCW as a company hated um, the whole concept of or all this debris is coming on a regular basis, but they create this situation, invited it to happen. Whereas it had that amazing effect at Bash at the Beach, it's Ooh. also diminishing returns. Yeah. And we've not seen a single shot of Ted DiBiase. There's no evidence that he's still in his seat at this point. No. So they're keeping no. that vague and open-ended, which is good. Yeah, that that pop for Flair and Anson making a babyface save for something else. Yeah. Oh, and they're coming over to the commentary position. Heenan has already bowed because I heard him say on it he's out of there. This is the first time they've taken over the commentary booth. Because this would happen a lot, wouldn't it? Yes.
0: And Hogan is spray painting NWR over the WCW logo. So, yeah, we've got chaos in the booth, chaos in the ring. Uh, we We are coming to the end of Nitro. There is obviously no sign off because they have run Bischoff and Heenan out of the commentary booth. And that, oh, that's a re, that, I thought it was DBS, that's a replay of DBSC. Yeah.
1: Just to remind so, um, you of the suspense that's coming next week, when yeah. I'm assuming there's an actual roar, I would guess. There is an actual roar, yes. <laughs> that makes sense. But for, a, for an unopposed one, they finished that in quite a grandstand way. And it is a yeah. shame we didn't get a bit of... Just a just a bit of uh, standing tall. They didn't have to beat up the NWO, but they could have yeah. stood tall.
0: Just on run the, them
1: off after they did the yeah. damage on the on the ones who are not in war games. Yeah. Um. Actually,
0: I tell a lie because Raw is sorry. Nitro is unopposed next week because Raw aired Two on weeks. September. No, yeah, it aired on September the sixth.
1: Yeah, because um. They were, it's silly because I, I knew it was because of the US Open. US Open's two weeks long. Two
0: weeks, so yeah. Of course... So the September the 2nd edition of Nitro was unopposed. Raw aired four days yeah. later. And then it was the, the September 9th that Raw was back up against Nitro, um, which I'd imagine would be a live Raw. Um, no, it wasn't. Oh, hang on, I'm getting the wrong one here. Hold on, this website's going tits up. Uh, <laughs> let's just look at that again. September the 9th. No, it's still taped, so no. But um anyways, but yeah, next week, um, next week we're in Chattanooga in Tennessee. Um,
1: is that a we, real place? I was assuming people made up to place. like the Chattanooga to mock, to mock the deep South.
0: No, it's a real place. Um, Main event is the four horsemen against the Dungeon of Doom in an eight-man tag.
1: So we're back to the on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again. On again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again, on again. again. Dispute between the horsemen and the Dungeon of Doom.
0: Yeah, we've also got um, a few what look like glorified squashes. Jericho against Malenko, that'll be good. So yeah, plenty to look forward to there.
1: And obviously we've got the promise of significant storyline development. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. We'll, uh, like I said, ho- hopefully we can squeeze in two episodes in May. So maybe we try and fish out that guest for a pay-per-view. And we get another watch-along in for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We will, we will set the wheels in motion there. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening
1: to Because WCW.
0: Um, right, well that brings us to an end of this Nitro, definitely a thumbs up for me, would you say a thumbs up for you Liam?
1: Yeah absolutely, there, there was some absolute stink on the show, step up forward Mike Enos, but uh, there was enough to enjoy watching, so a couple of good matches, and that was a big finish, they're, they're, they're putting some serious hype into it, they've already announced the main event for Havoc, we've got a serious show coming up in full brawl, and we, 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 with the benefit of hindsight we know how it's going which is good as well but even if we didn't I would be excited right now
0: marvellous right well thank you for listening folks thank you for joining us you can find us as I mentioned on twitter at becausewcw facebook.com forward slash becausewcw we will be back very soon um, in the meantime you can look at our 109 previous episodes um, from well wherever you downloaded this podcast from. In the meantime, on behalf of Liam, this has been Twisted Genius Dean Asen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you ringside.